0: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
1: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Tyler Aquilina, a media analyst for Variety Intelligence Platform. Anime, or Japanese animation, has come a long way in the past few decades. Fans who once had little recourse but bootlegs and piracy to watch their favorite shows are now part of a global community and a $20 billion market that's even more robust internationally than it is in Japan. Perhaps no company better exemplifies that transformation than Crunchyroll, the Sony-owned and anime-focused subscription streaming platform, which has long been a go-to destination for watching Japanese animation stateside. Since launching as essentially an anime piracy site in the mid-2000s, Crunchyroll has grown into a legitimate anime powerhouse, with streaming, theatrical, and live events businesses under its umbrella. Sony acquired the company for $1.2 billion in 2021, and since then, Crunchyroll has continued to grow under the leadership of its president Rahul Perini, who has overseen robust expansion of Crunchyroll into new markets and opportunities. Perini is passionate about the anime business, as you'll see, and has even bigger plans in store for what was once a tiny platform, where users would catch fan-subtitled episodes of Naruto and Dragon Ball. Our wide-ranging conversation is coming up after the break.
0: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP.
1: And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice too, because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource, and paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude.
0: You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.
3: We are back with Rahul
2: Perini, the president of Crunchyroll. Welcome.
3: Thank you, Tyler. Uh, Thank you for having me here. Looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Uh,
2: So just to start off, can you tell us a little bit about Crunchyroll and your role there?
3: Yeah, Crunchyroll is a media and entertainment company focused on Japanese anime. Um, Anime is a dynamic storytelling uh, format. Uh, It's a medium that um, comes out of Japan and uh, fans globally love it. Um, And we are um, part of Sony Pictures Entertainment and I am president of Crunchyroll. I've been part of this organization for about nine years. And yeah, it's a uh, amazing medium and a fan base that we get to serve.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, a big part of your business is bringing over these anime series from Japan to the United States market. For those who may not know, can you tell us a little bit about what does that process look like from a business perspective?
3: Yeah, like you said, uh, most of anime is conceived and created in Japan. And what we are focused on is taking those amazing stories from Japanese creators and bringing them to global audiences. Uh, so Crunchyroll currently operates in about 200 countries and territories. So what we do is work with our partners in Japan. We take shows that they create um, and try to bring them to fans as soon as they are available in Japan. So. Um, Majority of our content, we work we license from our partners, uh, but we are also uh, working closely with our creative partners in Japan to produce some of those shows. Um, so when those shows get released in Japan, uh, we take them and we subtitle them into 10-plus languages, we dub them into 10-plus languages, and we try to make them available for our fans globally within an hour of broadcast in Japan. So um, it is uh, it is a fast process. Uh, There's about 50 to 60 shows that we are bringing to audience every quarter. So about 200 to 220 shows a year.
2: Wow. Um, And Has the Sony acquisition, you know, made it any easier to do business in Japan? Has that affected how you guys do business over there at all?
3: Um, Look, uh, as Crunchyroll and some of the other companies that are part of Crunchyroll, like Funimation, we've been doing this for about uh, 25 to 28 years now. Um, Funimation was uh, uh, set up originally in the mid-90s and was focused on bringing anime to the U.S., um, so we have very long and deep relationships in Japan uh, that we fostered and nurture for a long time. Uh, but yeah, we um, Funimation was acquired by Sony Pictures in 2017, and then we acquired Crunchyroll in 2021. Um, Sony, as as you know, as a, as a Japanese company, has a uh, deep, long relationship with the anime community. And so us being part of Sony definitely helps. Uh, it, it gives us a level of credibility being uh, being owned by a Japanese company that has been in the anime ecosystem and has supported the ecosystem for a long time, gives us uh, a, a level of credibility, but our relationships are uh, are also a, long, a long-term relationship. So both of those help.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm curious, could you talk a little more about how the anime business has changed in the time that you've been involved with it? Obviously, you know, you were at Funimation, you were heavily involved with that before taking over as president of Crunchyroll, you know. Yeah. How, how has the business of anime and also the culture around anime changed, you know, since you've yeah. been in, involved with it?
3: Yeah, uh, look, I think both the business of anime and the impact of anime on the culture itself has been has been massive over the last 9 years I've been part of this business. Um The the popularity of anime has been growing uh, really fast globally, Uh, and that combined with the adoption of streaming and the accessibility of anime globally has made anime reach uh, a huge number of fans. Um, That combined with, um, if you think about who uh, defines culture uh, in in our world, artists uh, taste makers of fashion uh, celebrities sports personalities um, and all of a lot of them talk about the impact of anime on who they are and how they approach their craft or how, how who they are as a person uh, so so in that sense anime has had a huge impact on the culture and continues to have a huge impact on the culture yeah
2: Um and also, obviously, it's expanded a lot. You know, it, it was very much this looked at as this kind of niche market for such a long time. Um, you know, what has it been like to see anime grow into such a huge international business? I believe now, like the international market is bigger than the market for it in Japan, right?
3: Yeah, like, for the first time, about a year ago, uh, the business done outside of Japan is is larger than the uh, the anime business within Japan. So, absolutely, you're right. It's been it's seen a huge growth internationally. Like, Look, as you would probably expect me to say, we don't consider anime to be a niche. And if Mm -hmm. it is a niche, it is a gigantic niche. Uh, We have data and research uh, that shows that there's about 800 million anime interested fans globally outside of Japan and China. Uh, We have over close to 200 million people. Uh, watching anime on official sources uh, in those regions, uh, Netflix uh, released um, a couple of years ago that at least half of their subscription base watched anime during that period. So that's more than 100 million plus. So it is it is huge in numbers. There's a, it's a big community. Um, like Polygon just released uh, some data from their research that showed that um, 42% of Gen Z. Uh, watches anime weekly, oh, wow. uh, which is more than some juggernauts in media like NFL, which, right. <laughs> which only 25% of Gen Z watch, right? So all of that to say, uh, it, it's no longer a niche. It is a, it's a, it's mainstream. It's really popular. Um, and it continues to grow, uh, right? Like um, So um, we're excited. Uh, I think uh, we, we expect it to grow to be much bigger.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm curious about how you're expanding, uh, you know, both Crunchyroll as a subscription streaming platform, but also kind of as a broader flywheel. Um, can you talk about some of the areas where you're growing the business?
3: Yeah. So we we internally, we say we don't want to be something for everyone. We want to be everything for someone and that someone for us is the anime fan. So our mission is to surround the anime fan and, uh, and service them across their fandom. So we want to create amazing experience, where however they want to exhibit their fandom. And so obviously, streaming uh, and our subscription uh, service is a huge touch point for us with our fans and it is uh, it it's, makes anime accessible for fans worldwide. And so it's a really important piece uh, for in our connection with the fans. Um, theatrical. Is another important piece. Um, anime fans love to watch movies on the big screen with their friends and family. Uh, see these amazing visuals <laughs> on a on a big screen, um, and we are we continue to lean into uh, bringing more movies for our fans globally. At the same time, we also have. Uh, games that are based on anime, anime IP, anime shows, um, and that's something that we are continuing to invest in and lean into. Uh, E-commerce is another channel, so fans, as they want to collect uh, uh, figures or other uh, memorabilia from their favorite shows or buy apparel to wear to demonstrate their fandom, uh, we give them opportunity to do that on our store, on our e-commerce shop. Um, And Similarly, whether it's consumer product goods or events, uh, we try to serve the fans uh, however they want to exhibit their fandom. And look, we, we are seeing growth across all of those channels. Um, fans truly want to uh, demonstrate their fandom however they can, essentially, uh, literally wear their fandom on their sleeve. So um, it, it's amazing to see these fans um, connect with those characters and show their fandom how they do.
2: Yeah. Uh, now, do you think kind of all those different revenue streams and, and opportunities uh, to kind of bring people into the ecosystem, do you think that has helped you guys kind of avoid some of the, the pitfalls that the broader streaming landscape has seen over the last couple of years?
3: Uh, I Look, Look, I think the flywheel strategy, as you say, having this mix of touch points with fans has definitely been a differentiator for us. Uh, it's It's been a strategic priority. We know it has helped us. Um, connect with fans um, and and have a longer term connection and uh, relationship with our fans uh, because of that approach. Uh, it has helped us um, address some of our uh, retention and churn uh, churn goals, uh, which I know are major factors for most of uh, streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. So yes, th- uh, that, the approach has definitely been a differentiator for us and continues to uh, allow us to Expand or reach with the fans.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit more about um, your audience, maybe from the streaming perspective. You know, how would you describe your subscribers in terms of their viewing habits, their behavior in terms of churn and other
3: other patterns. Like I said, anime is a very dynamic medium, and there is something for every fan in anime. Uh, There's multiple genres, and so there is something for everyone. Uh, Our research shows that there is uh, everybody from Gen Z and Gen Alpha to boomers who are watching anime. Um, But in general, anime fans tend to be young. Um, like I said, forty-two percent of Gen Z watch weekly. There's another twenty-five percent of Millennials that watch weekly. So the, the anime fans tend to be younger. Uh, they are also very diverse. Uh, African American, Hispanic, and Asian American fans tend to over-index than general population within the fan community, anime fan community. So they they are very diverse. Um, they're, again, to the question around their watch patterns and behavior, uh, highly engaged, very passionate. Uh, they like to watch shows as soon as they're available. So it's not surprising for us to see a, uh, a large spike in fans streaming at 2 a.m. in the morning when their favorite show just launches. Uh, that's very typical. Um, again, like I said, they're very engaged. So on average, we see... Uh, thousand minutes a month, and that's the average across the globe. And we know there are fans that are watching 20 plus hours every week. <laughs> so um, it, it is a very engaged uh, fan base. In terms of uh, patterns and viewing behaviors, um, there's a lot of similarity in fans across the globe and how they watch and what they watch, uh, but there's also a lot of differences. Um, right? For example, uh, fans in India love to watch action and adventure and fantasy shows. Uh, whereas fans in France are more open to art house and experimental shows. So uh, as, that's as the,
2: happens in France often, I think yeah, they're more open to that kind of thing. They're,
3: they're definitely more open to that kind of thing. And we see similar things across the world, whether it is Latin America or the U.S. And that's what makes this fun, right? Like we, um, we get to serve a very, uh, similar, but audience that has very unique uh, tastes across the world.
2: Yeah. You mentioned India. I know you you personally have really spearheaded a big expansion uh, for Crunchyroll in India. Uh, can you tell us about why that market specifically and, and what those expansion plans look like over there?
3: Yeah. Um, so India uh, is the second largest anime market in terms of anime interest and anime watching mm-hmm. outside of Japan and China. Only US has more uh, anime interested fans uh, in terms of well, true numbers, absolute numbers outside of India, and uh, for us it was a white space. We weren't there. Uh, there weren't many players serving that audience. So there was a real demand for uh, anime in that community. There was there were, fans were eager to get uh, an official service to uh, serve them serve them, and so. We took that opportunity to uh, be there and serve that audience in India. Like you said, um, we announced a big push um, about a year and a half ago. Um, We um, launched our service uh, with... Um, a a catalog focused on that. We announced uh, localization efforts where we started not only subtitling into several languages in India, but also dubbing our shows into uh, Hindi, Telugu, and Tamil. And all of those have been very well received uh, in in the market. Um, And I think our plans continue to do more things like that, like we are um, making more content available for our fans um, simultaneously with... Uh, other uh, across the global um, uh, global um, service, mm-hmm. uh, we are trying to localize more content uh, to that uh, to different parts of India. As you know, there's a lot of multiple languages uh, in India, and fans like to watch uh, dubbed uh, shows dubbed into their own language. So we're trying to localize more content. Uh, we also um, have announced a partnership with a couple of fairly popular uh, Bollywood celebrities that are really big anime fans, uh, Tiger Shroff and Rashmika Mandana, uh, who, um, who are really strong, uh, big advocates and strong, uh, big fans of anime. And we've partnered with them to bring Crunchyroll and uh, more anime to fans in India.
2: Very cool. Um, you know, you, you mentioned piracy, which I think is so tied up in the history of, of anime's global expansion, you know, like US fans used to have to, had basically no recourse but piracy yeah. to to find some of these shows. What strategies, I think you also mentioned a statistic that like there's 800 million anime fans worldwide, but only 200 million are watching on legitimate sources. Obviously, it's, it's one thing to expand into a place like India where there is no legal mm-hmm. uh, avenue to watch these shows, but how are you combating and 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 fighting piracy in markets where the a legitimate source is already available.
3: Yeah. Um look, uh piracy and unofficial uh sources of anime is a big component of anime uh Watching uh, for fans globally. Um, Anime has been popular for a long time, but fans weren't able to access it until recently when streaming became a really uh, viable option for fans. So piracy was the way where fans were watching these shows for a long time. From our perspective, what we are focused on is convenience uh, for fans. We want to make a a service that is convenient, uh, that gives the fans the ability to watch their favorite shows as soon as they watch, however they want to watch it. Um, Whether it is subtitled into their favorite language, dubbed into their favorite language on their favorite device, whether it is mobile or a gaming console or a smart TV and however they want to uh, structure the experience, right? So our focus is on making this content available as soon as possible in whatever language they want and as convenient as possible at a very competitive price. And we believe that is the strategy that is going to allow us to make this uh, much more compelling and attractive to fans to switch to an official source rather than using unofficial sources. sources.
2: Mm-hmm. Is... is- Kind of expand or expanding ways to kind of funnel people into that. Also part of that. I know last year uh, you guys expanded into the fast space, which is to say free ad supported streaming. Um, what are some of the opportunities there? And is that, you know, another way to kind of reel people in who might not other way, otherwise be there?
3: Yeah, uh, uh, last year we announced that we were launching a 24-7 ad-supported linear uh, channel. Uh, it's available on most Fast platforms in the U.S. now. Um, recently, uh, it al- it also was made available on Pluto TV. Um, and uh, look, our strategy and approach with that is to uh, make this content and anime available to casual anime fans where they are. As you know, Fast is a really... Uh, emerging, sizable distribution channel to reach audience. And so we want to Tap into that uh, distribution mechanism to be able to put anime in front of fans in a curated way, so that we can introduce it to them, um, allow them to experience it in, 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 a, in a quick, easy way. And if then they want a deeper connection or deeper experience, they can come to Crunchyroll for that deeper experience. And that's the that's the strategy. So um, we're seeing we're seeing fans engage with our fast channel uh really really well on those platforms and we're excited to s- what we can do more and how we can attract them into our ecosystem
2: yeah yeah it's maybe easier to just catch an episode of cowboy bebop or something and be like oh that looks cool what is that rather than just seeing this huge array
3: of of you know posters in front of you and being like which one do i pick You know. yeah like look i think like with any streaming service there is so much content um Uh, consumers have a hard time with the discovery, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with anime. We have a lot of shows, um, a lot of different genres. um, And I think our idea is that with a fast channel, we can curate an experience that makes it easy and convenient for fans to get in and try this. And if they like it, they can go have a deeper experience within our subscription service.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, To talk a little bit more about That subscription business, Um, you know, I'm I'm curious. You know, as you said, obviously, if anime is a niche, it's a very large niche. But how do you view the position of streamers like Crunchyroll that serve a particular specific interest in this media landscape, where you know companies only seem to get bigger and business models seem to be more about offering all things to all people? You know, how do you see? you know, platforms like Crunchyroll kind of fitting into the landscape like
3: yeah. that? Uh, like I said earlier, uh, we're trying to be everything for someone, right? Like, uh, And that focus gives us an advantage. Um, we know we're not going to be the first subscription service for a, for a consumer or a household. Um, what we are trying to be is that second or third subscription service. So if you're an anime fan, uh, we want to add so much value that we would be, that second subscription service or third subscription service. So from that perspective, we're not really competing with a general entertainment service because we know um, our fans will have a general entertainment service as an option where they get their entertainment, uh, but they come to us for their anime connection. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, that focus and uh, that clarity in terms of where we fit in our fans uh, entertainment ecosystem um gives uh, is tells us that we are not we're not really competing for the same thing as a general entertainment services yes. yeah it's
2: interesting though like those general entertainment services are starting to move more into the anime space i mean netflix has for a long time been you know putting more anime shows on its platform. It feels like as that market continues to expand, you'll see more companies like Disney trying to get into that. Um, you know, how, how do you see that? Is, is there an opportunity there uh, with with general entertainment services getting more into anime, is there an opportunity for you guys or is that just going to create more competition for for titles?
3: Yeah. Uh, look, uh, th- there is definitely uh, an interest to serve this Fan base as this fan base grows, uh, general entertainment companies have um, uh, worked hard to find content to serve them. Um, so yes, we compete for content with all of those players, um, but w- we we think it is good for anime and anime community that uh, these large services have anime content and make them available to. Um, large uh, sets of audience, right? Because uh, if somebody gets introduced to anime and they want a deeper or a broader experience, um, then they come to a service like Crunchyroll for that broader experience. So we believe it is actually good for anime and anime community that these services offer some anime and are introducing anime to fans. I think it overall it is good, and I think uh, those fans that want that deeper experience will then come to uh, Crunchyroll. We work with some of these uh, general entertainment services. We've ha- we've licensed content to some of them. We've licensed content to linear channels like Cartoon Network uh, because we we know our fans are there, and if we can get them to experience a show or experience anime, then um, s- some of them will become anime fans and. Uh, come to Crunchyroll.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask about that because licensing TV shows is really back in vogue now. You know, you're seeing all these companies loan out more titles to Netflix. Um, obviously, Sony, uh, Crunchyroll's parent never really stopped playing in that space. Uh, there's been a lot written about them as a kind of a content arms dealer. Um do you see you guys expanding that strategy, or you know how robust is that strategy for you guys already?
3: Yeah, uh, like like you said, it is back in work, but it is something that we've been doing for a long time, right? Um, we we want to um, we want to attract fans, meet fans where they are, and attract them into our ecosystem uh, from that touch point. Um, so we've been doing this for a while. Like I mentioned, we've licensed content to streaming services and OTT platforms as well as linear networks as well, uh, because if, if as fans experience that anime, we know that they will come to us for a deeper experience. Um, it continues to be a very strategic and intentional uh, um, approach for us. Um, we do look at uh, how much content, at what window, and when to license, and how that would then allow us to connect with a new f- group of fans and how to bring them back into our ecosystem. So it, it, it is a priority. It is something that we do very intentionally in a strategic way.
2: Yeah. What do you think of, of this trend of uh, these live action adaptations of, of anime? I mean, Netflix is really leaning into this. Um, their Cowboy Bebop adaptation was, shall we say, not a great success, but uh, One Piece has really taken off for them. Um, you know, is, is that another opportunity to just draw in more 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 people into the anime tent what, what do you think about that
3: yeah like look uh, anime has great ip great stories and i think um uh, live action is another great medium to bring those stories and uh, to a much wider audience so yeah we, we think it, it, it's great uh that uh, broader fan fan bases get to enjoy these stories in whatever format and so and it also helps anime. So we saw, like when, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Netflix released their One Piece live action. Uh, a lot of fans came to Crunchyroll to watch uh, the One Piece anime, uh, right? And and uh, we know um, the the popular the original series, uh, the merchandise of One Piece all had a halo effect from that. So I think it's good for the IP. It's good for the ecosystem uh, that. Um, these live action shows are made and are successful and enjoyed by fans.
2: More from Crunchyroll President Rahul Perini after this break.
0: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
1: If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude.
0: You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.
2: And we're back with Crunchyroll President Rahul Perini. We've touched on this a bit, um, but I'd, I'd just like to get a little bit more of your thoughts about, you know, obviously it's a very challenging environment for for streaming right now um, and, and for the media business at large, but, you know, you guys have really had a, a big success story over the last couple of years. You know, you've expanded your subscriber base, you've expanded to different businesses. A Goldman Sachs analyst last year estimated that, I believe by 2028, Crunchyroll will account for 36% of all profit at Sony's picture segment, um, which is... Uh, very impressive. you know what do you attribute that that success to? Um, and can you talk at all about you know how, how profitable the, the business is?
3: Yeah um, As you said, like there's been uh, the entertainment business has been going through a disruption for a while now uh, between that and the pandemic, uh, there have been a lot of external pressures. But the one thing about anime is while we saw some disruption during the pandemic to the production side of anime, uh, given that most of this production happens. In Japan, the disruption wasn't for a long time and it wasn't uh, very impactful, right? Like, so uh, shows continue to get got, get produced. And on our side, uh, we very quickly figured out how to continue to localize and dub shows even during the pandemic. So I think that was helpful. So we had content coming through even those uh, pand- through the pandemic period that we were able to make um, available to our fans, and uh, during that time, there was also adoption and move towards streaming a lot within uh, within the audience and within uh, consumers, and so those all all have helped uh, the growth of anime in general, right? Um, but at the same time, I think uh, to our discussion earlier, our approach, our flywheel approach, has helped uh, us. Um, stay focused on this or serving this audience and continue to build deep, long relationships with them, um, and that has also helped helped our growth. So, uh, we just announced that we crossed 13 million paying subscribers uh, globally, and um, and that has uh, only uh, that's been a strong growth for us last year. Um, we are part of Sony Pictures Entertainment. We don't release. Uh, our financials separately but i can tell you that we've been profitable and continue to be profitable so um and all of that is i think all based on our singular focus on serving this fan base and our differentiated flywheel strategy
2: yeah so speaking of that flywheel strategy we focused a lot on streaming but i don't want to neglect uh, your theatrical business um you know, anime films have really formed one of the few consistent bright spots in the post-COVID theatrical landscape. Um, I know was Funimation was behind the the Demon Slayer Mugen Train film, which was a big success story in, in 2021. Um, you know, Boy and the Heron, which you guys didn't release, but uh, that was, you know,
3: a pretty big success story recently. Uh, did you guys bid for
2: that film, by the way?
3: yeah so uh, the boy and Heron is a Ghibli Studios it's a Miyazaki film mm-hmm. film um, we did actually release the movie in Australia mm-hmm. because we had a rela- we have had a long relationship uh, with Ghibli Studios uh, in Australia uh, but they have partners in other world uh, in other parts of the world that they work with and have worked with for a long time mm-hmm. um, so they continue to work with those partners in other regions
2: yeah yeah um I was just curious but uh you know I think, We've talked a lot about how, how passionate the fan base is. Are, are there any other factors that you think you can attribute the success of anime films at, at the box office to?
3: Yeah, like I said earlier, um, fans love to watch their favorite shows and favorite characters on a big screen uh, with their friends and with their family. It's, it's, it's an experience. It's an event for them. Um, anime just looks, <laughs> those visuals look amazing on a big screen. And so I think that's a big part of it. Uh, the other part of it is, like you mentioned, there have been some amazing movies that have come out recently, whether it be from, uh, whether it be originals from masters like uh, Shinkai's uh, Suzume or uh, Miyazaki's The Boy and the Heron, uh, but also from uh, theatrical releases from major IP like Demon Slayer, and so great movies, um, a- an amazing experience on a big screen, um, along also with. Uh, our priority has been making these um, experiences, making them actually an experience and an event for fans, not just um, another uh, movie at at the theaters, right? Has also made these something that are very attractive to fans. And finally, I would say, like, look, we have long relationship with um, fans around the world. Uh, We have over 160 million fans in our community that we have a very close relationship that we are talking to every day <laughs> uh, in social media and other various channels so when we have these movies we get to tell them directly that these movies are coming to theaters and encourage them to go watch these movies that gives us an advantage that gives the medium an advantage because we are able to tell a lot of people about these movies and help them go to the theaters and watch these movies so all of those factors i think have helped in making anime movies a success at theaters like we have 10 out of the top 20 anime releases in the U. Uh, from a box office perspective or country releases and i think all of those factor into why anime movies have been successful at theaters mm-hmm.
2: yeah uh i know that uh with those theatrical releases you guys have um spearheaded releases in, in different territories different markets um Obviously, you you've talked about the kind of infrastructure that you guys have in place to get shows subtitled and dubbed very quickly. Um, Could you talk a little bit about you know what is that process of of release rolling out these films on a global basis? What does that look like? Do you guys oversee all that subtitling yeah. and dubbing?
3: Yeah, so similar to what we do with TV shows uh, when we. Um, bring movies to theaters. Um, We get our assets from our Japanese creators and we actually localize them. So we are subtitling them. We are dubbing them into all the different languages we we want to release and getting the assets ready for a theatrical release. The other thing, as I mentioned, we are part of the Sony Pictures Entertainment. Um, Sony Pictures, uh, a major Hollywood studio, has been bringing movies to theaters for 100 100 plus years. So um, we have access to that experience expertise and infrastructure. Um, so we are we partner with our Sony Pictures Entertainment colleagues to distribute these movies domestically and internationally So we are leveraging uh, the experience and the expertise they have to bring these movies to theater So that's an advantage. Um, so this that allows us to, Take these movies on a wider theatrical release, uh, bring them to more theaters globally, bring them to a lot more large format screens globally, and a lot more countries than we can ourselves. So um, all of those are um, are a priority for us, and we are leaning in to bring more movies to more countries and more fans globally.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, we spoke earlier about you know disruption in the industry. Uh, another big disruptor that you know everybody. Seems to be talking about constantly is AI. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what the potential impact of AI might be on the anime industry. I think, you know, it's easy to see applications for stuff like subtitling and and dubbing and that kind of thing. Um, can you talk about what the impact of that might look like?
3: Yeah, like look, look uh, like you said, uh, AI is going to be a huge impact across the uh, various industries. Um, the our partners in Japan are. Experimenting and looking into what that means for anime production, but anime um, is a very um, is is hand drawn still, and it's a very um, uh, age old traditional creative process. So I'm sure there will be impact, but it is early days to understand what the impact would be on the production side of anime. Like you said, uh, we are also lo- looking to see what role AI could play in a lot of different workflows within our organization. Uh, subtitling is an area where uh, we've been uh, experimenting and we think that there is a role for AI to play as we look at speech uh, speech to text. Um, so we think it could help us bring uh, shows to fans quicker, Uh, bring in more languages. Uh, Again, like I said, we are in early experimentation. Um, On the other side, on the dubbing side, um, I think uh, the the AI technology, we don't believe the AI technology is there yet in in terms of being able to put into dubbing um, because the dubbing process itself is a very uh, creative process, given that its um, we're not just translating and dubbing. We are adapting the script um, because you have to localize for the local culture, local humor. Right. Uh, you have to synchronize the lip flaps to the language because we, we don't get to go back and reanimate the shows. So um, again, we don't think the technology is there yet. Um, but we're also uh, experimenting with AI in other ways. As I mentioned earlier, discovery is a big issue, ju- just as much in anime as it is in other general entertainment shows. There is a lot of content, and trying to connect audience with the right content that they would like to watch at the right time is, a big, is an important priority for us. And we believe uh, AI and generative AI could play a role. So we are testing and experimenting there as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, just quickly, I'd, I'd like to talk just a little bit more about, um, and again, this is something we've kind of touched on, but, um, just other expansion opportunities that you see for the larger Crunchyroll flywheel.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, uh, Sward and Theatrical are big touch points with our fans and they continue to grow for us. Uh, but we are serving fans in various other uh, ways that they like to exhibit their anime fandom. Uh, an example would be games. Um, there's uh, Anime fans love to play games. There is a huge overlap between the gaming audience and the anime audience. Um, so we are bringing um, anime games to our fans globally We just launched uh, our new free-to-play game, One Punch Man World, uh, last week. Um, But we also announced late last year uh, launching a new uh, subscription benefit for our subscribers called uh, Crunchyroll Game Vault, uh, where we make... uh, free-to-play free, um, free, to, free to play games available for our subscribers of our mega and ultimate tier. Um, so that's another important priority. We want to make sure that we are bringing amazing games for our fans uh, across the board. Um, we also, like I said, e-commerce is a priority. Uh, uh, fans love to show their fa- uh, fandom by collecting uh, memorabilia, figures, or Uh, apparel that they can wear and show off their fandom. And so we're continuing to uh, grow our e-commerce reach both here in uh, US and also uh, internationally. Uh, Events is another big thing. Um, Fans like to gather in a place and celebrate their fandom, meet other fans, um, uh, learn about new shows coming, meet creators from Japan. Um, So we are going to be attending um, and uh, meeting fans uh, at more uh, events uh, globally. Um, We are also... um, Bringing um, an uh, anime, Crunchyroll Anime Award to Tokyo again this year. Uh, that'll be on uh, March 2nd. That is a way for us to be able to connect. Uh, anime fans globally with creators in Japan and allow anime fans to recognize and celebrate their favorite shows from the past year. Um, So, yeah, uh, again, uh, various touch points across the flywheel uh, that we believe are going to be important for fans, and we're continuing to invest and grow those channels.
2: Yeah. I know Studio Ghibli uh, opened a theme park in, in Japan a few years ago. Is that our theme parks anything you guys are thinking about at all?
3: We don't have theme parks, uh, but some of our IP are at, at theme parks. So we're always looking at opportunities where we can take uh, some of the IP that's popular at Crunchyroll and make them available for fans to enjoy at theme parks worldwide.
2: Uh, one final uh, fun question uh, for any of our listeners who may be looking to get into anime uh, can you recommend uh, maybe two or three titles that uh, they might enjoy just as a starting point
3: yeah like i said there is a show for every fan <laughs> uh, if 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 you if you um, like certain shows in, uh, in general entertainment i'm Sure, there are shows that you will enjoy uh, in an anime that are similar or similar uh, genres. Um, Just to uh, suggest a show, for example, there is a show that I'm watching right now uh, that is really popular with fans that uh, uh, started in January. Uh, It's a show called Solo Leveling. Uh, It's based on a Korean manhwa. Uh, that we are actually producing with our uh, Sony c- uh, colleagues and a uh, production company, Anaplex. Uh, it's a re- it's a really uh, it's a really well made show. It's really cool. Um, uh, It's about uh, five episodes in, and I would highly recommend that show for anybody uh, that wants to get into anime. Great visuals, great stories. Uh, But again, there are a lot of other shows. Um, You mentioned Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is is an amazing show. A new season from Demon Slayer is going to be out soon, so I would highly recommend fans go catch up on the previous shows, um, uh, previous uh, seasons of Demon Slayer. Yeah, and... Lot of some classics. Uh, so, you Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, uh, uh, Cowboy Bebop um, are, are some of the classics that I, I watched uh, when I was uh, young and getting into anime originally, and still are some of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm.
2: Great. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Thank you, Tyler. Again, thank you for having time. I really enjoyed this.
2: Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or Amazon Music. We love to hear from listeners. Please go to Variety.com and sign up for our free weekly Strictly Business newsletter. And don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business.
0: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
1: We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude.
0: You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait!